We're cooking up a great portfolio with an investor. It's easy. Never have I ever checked my investment portfolio more than once in a day. Yeah, of course I've done this as well. I think everybody does this. I mean, show me one person who doesn't. Literally, I would like to know how do they manage. But I check my investment portfolio. Even now, I still do it. I've been investing for a couple of years now, but I still check several times a day. Have you checked it today? Yes, I have. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. Once again, we're putting on our aprons and turning the stove all the way up as we cook up another great portfolio with an investor. My name is DJ At Large, <laughs> and welcome to the Easy Does a Podcast, your cool guide to investing. Now, today's investor and chef in the Easy Equities Kitchen is Nozi van Heerden, a personal finance educator, a speaker, an author. She also has an awesome YouTube channel called Talking Money with Nosy and she has over 15,000 subscribers. Hey, 15,000. It's a massive number. Nosy, welcome to the Easy Does It podcast. Thank you so much, Sepo. It's an honor and a pleasure. I love your intro, by the way. Oh, thank you so much. I love your content and I love your videos and I'm so excited to finally have you on the Easy Does It podcast, cooking up a great portfolio. Are you ready? Are you good? I am ready. I am good. Yes, so before we get into your portfolio and we start cooking it up, I've got a random money question for you, Nozi. If your investment portfolio could speak, what do you think it would say about you? It would say ETFs, ETFs, and more ETFs because because they make up close to 80% of my portfolio. So I'm an ETF baby, basically. And for those who are new to the world of investing, why are you so obsessed with ETFs specifically? Because that's how I got introduced to investing. So sometimes I always Mm. think, you know, your first encounter makes the deepest impression on you. Yes. So when I was on a journey to learn about investing, that was the first thing that was introduced to me. And I fell in love immediately because ETFs are easy. You don't have to study companies. You don't have to know a lot about mm. jargon and any financial stuff. You just buy them and you are investing. Yeah, and of course, the diversity aspect of it as yes. well. And of course, later on, we're going to get into your money story. Uh, Nozi, are you keen to play a game with me of never have I ever? I've got three statements for you. Are you keen to play this game with me? Yeah, let's go ahead. All right. So the first statement is never have I ever bought a stock because I had a good feeling about it. So it might be an ETF, it might be a stock, you didn't do any research, but you just had a good feeling for whatever reason and you decided I'm investing. Have you ever done something like that? I have. I'm embarrassed (laughs) to say, but I have. And you know what, to my defense though, it was by a very famous person, I'm not going to mention names here because they're probably listening, but it was a stock tip from a very influential person who's very respected in the financial space. And I went off and I bought that share and I regretted it after some time. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so it didn't work out. So it didn't work out. No, it did not. But I learned very uh, precious lessons from that. Mm, That's the beauty of investing. All right, let's get into our second statement. Never have I ever sold a stock because I panicked. Yo, I've done all of these crimes. Hey, I've committed all of these crimes. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
<laughs> when I was still very new in my journey, I had no clue how, you know, stocks work and stuff. So there's a stock that I bought and when it, it went down in value, I panicked and sold. I had no concept of buy and hold at the time. Thank you so much for being so honest. So let's get into our last statement, right? Never have I ever checked my investment portfolio more than once in a day. Yeah, of course I've done this as well. I think everybody does this. I mean, show me one person who doesn't. Literally, I would like to know how do they manage. But I check my investment portfolio. Even now, I still do it. I've been investing for a couple of years now, but I still check several times a day. Have you checked it today? Yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love the honesty so much. So, Lozzy, let's get into your money story. Um, I'm really keen to know what encouraged you to start investing and then to later start educating other people about it. Yo, it's because in 2017, I had a huge wake-up call about my financial state. I was swimming in debt struggling to save and i didn't even know what investing was okay never knew what investing was and i was only contributing a mere five percent of my income to my retirement fund through my employer that's the only investment that i had at the time and it was five percent and then one day i was just like what's going on with my life because it's not like i wasn't earning enough i was doing okay but I was just really, really bad with my finances. And then, and then I, I came across a podcast, or I think it was a blog, I can't remember, about financial freedom and how much money you actually need to be financially free. Um, and it hit me. Like, if I continue living the way I was living, I was never going to achieve financial freedom. And for me, that was scary because I was going to struggle through my working life and I was also going to struggle after retirement if I continued down the path that I was on. So when that ton of bricks hit me, I decided to start teaching myself about money. So literally, I started from scratch, how to budget, how to save, how to get out of debt. I did all of that. And then something said to me, why don't you start teaching others? Because I'm sure there are many other people that would benefit from the the knowledge that I've gained through my own experiences. So that's what I did. Not only do you get this wake-up call, you actually take some action. Because a lot of people get a wake-up call, like I've never invested, I haven't saved enough for retirement, but then they don't do anything. So kudos to you for one, doing something, but then also being mindful to say, there might be other people in the exact same position as me, and I want to share my journey to inspire them to get their money right. So a big kudos to you. And I mean, as we spoke a bit earlier on about your YouTube channel, which has done so well, so clearly you are touching lives of ordinary people people that are in the same scenario that you were in so a big ups to you thank you so much and it was unanticipated so when i started sharing i had no intention of growing an audience or whatever i was just sharing what i was learning on my youtube channel facebook page and it has grown because i think it's resonating with so many people mm, and it's just being authentic which is one thing that i definitely love nosy growing up was money and investing openly discussed in your household and around the dinner table what was it like at home in terms of talking about money money was very hard to come by so there wasn't much of it to talk about really but the only thing that I remember being taught was you should save. I think saving in many households is like a given. You are taught to save. 
but investing is a whole other conversation and i think a lot of people do not ever you know get introduced to this topic from home so saving was the only thing but never investing and even today i mean i'm the one now that has now taught my family about investing I'm so in love with the fact that we are a generation that know better, we're doing better, but we're going back home and saying, guys, let, let's budget. Guys, let's start thinking about shares. So I love that you're also implementing that stuff at home, not just on social media or on YouTube, which I think is a really beautiful thing. Uh, in terms of shares, Nozi, uh, what's the first share that you ever bought? And by any chance, or an ETF, and by any chance, are you still holding on to it? Yes, as I said when we started that, I started with ETFs. So the very first ETF that I ever bought was the ETF called Ashburton Global 1200. I still own it today, but the name has changed to F&B Global 1200. So that's been my number one ETF that I bought from day one and I still have it today. Oh man, it's so rare for somebody to still be holding on <laughs> to the first year ETF that they bought. So kudos to you. Nozi, how would you describe your investment strategy? So my investment strategy is very simple. As I said, my first exposure to invest, I'm so blessed and so lucky that I stumbled across the right type of people and the right type of material. So when I started learning about investing, the first thing I learned about was index funds. I learned about index funds, passive investing, long-term investing. So I was never introduced to investing in from a hype point of view, like chasing the hottest stocks or chasing the latest whatever. I just was taught basics. And that's how I've kept my investing strategy. Keep it simple, diversify with ETFs and keep it passive. So passive means you don't have to actively make decisions all the time about your investments. You just pick a few and keep them that way and keep buying the same investments over and over again. So that's my strategy, really. Keep it simple. I love that. Keep it simple. I think a lot of people complicate their recipes. Um, and I think investing should be simple. Uh, and I love that approach. Um, for those who are new to investing, Nozi, what are the key ingredients to cooking up a great portfolio? Just like I said, just for me, because I can speak only based on experience. I'd say keep it simple. So don't try to chase hype or meme stocks because that's how many new investors lose their money. Rather focus on the long term and choose quality over quantity, I'd say. Quality, quality, quality. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be as simple as buying ETFs like your top 40, your MSCI world, those are very, very simple. So, and then the key ingredient to investing really is discipline. So buying is easy, you know, buying top 40 is easy, buying MSCI world is easy, but sticking to it for the long term, that's the difficult part. So discipline becomes more important with investing than anything else. Mm, and we don't often talk about the behavior of investing. So you can invest and buy the right shares and buy the right ETFs. But if your behavior is poor, so you buy them today and then you want to sell them tomorrow, then there is no value in that investing. So I think the behavior aspect is definitely a key ingredient, as you've mentioned. I want us to talk a bit about your portfolio specifically, right? Uh, what are your three favorite shares or ETFs? 
Okay, three, I'll start, I'll talk about ETFs because those are my absolute favorites. So the first one, which is my first love, would be the FNB Global 1200 ETF. The reason why I bought that ETF, it was the most diverse ETF on the JSE at the time. By diverse, I mean it had companies from as many com uh, countries as possible with as many shares as possible. So I bought that one. My other favorite ETF is the S&P 500 ETF. I always talk about it. I'm sure people who read my, my pages are bored to death with the S&P 500 <laughs> because I always talk about it. The reason why I like it is because it gives me exposure to global giants like Apple, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Google at a very low cost. So I'm buying these giant you know, multi-trillion dollar companies in rands for very little money. And then, of course, my other favorite is the Satrix 40 ETF, which happens to be the oldest ETF on the JSE. And it's an easy way to get an exposure to JSE listed companies. So those three are my favorites. Are there any individual stocks, maybe even an ETF, that you're holding on to because you are convinced that it will eventually rebound so it might not be doing well now but you're like i'm not going to sell it because i know at some point in time there might be a shift yes so in my us portfolio i am holding on to three shares that are doing not so great at the moment one of them is tiro price uh people don't know it because yeah i don't normally buy shares that everybody else buys so tiro price is an investment management company almost like alan gray for us here in south africa and so they haven't been doing well because of course if there's like a recession and high interest rates etc people don't have as much money to to spend on investments so companies like that are going to struggle a bit when the economy is doing what it's doing now but i believe when things get back to normal people will start investing again so t-rise price is going to recover then there's target target is similar to our spa or woolworths here so target again is not doing well because of of course inflation high interest rates as well and then the other share that I have is Pfizer. I think everybody knows Pfizer. And the reason why Pfizer is not doing well is because I actually bought it at the wrong time, I think. I bought it during the pandemic when they were still making vaccines. So now the vaccines are gone. Nobody needs vaccines anymore. So they have lost revenue from that. So they, the, the share price has actually gone down. But I mean, Pfizer makes other medicines as well. So I believe long term, they should recover. What's that one share that you regret selling? So the one that got away, you sold it and now you look back and you're like, but why, why Nozzy did I sell this share or this ETF? Actually for me, it's the other way around. I haven't regretted selling any shares, but I regret buying shares. So, and again, mm. it was based on recommendations, which I learned a very, very important lesson. Don't listen to talking heads you know sometimes people make recommendations either because they're being paid or it's just for 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 entertainment so sometimes you must treat it as entertainment value and don't take opinions of other people too seriously because i bought a share and i'll mention the name alibaba i bought alibaba based on a recommendation 
and I regretted instantly because number one, I didn't have a connection with the, so I didn't feel a connection with the company. I didn't understand the business model and truly speaking, I didn't care much about it. And I just bought because somebody else had said so, and I didn't have any connection with the share. So for me, I learned that don't buy shares based on what people are talking about and what's popular at the moment. Stick with your strategy and your strategy should make sense to you and that's how you keep holding on for the long term. What I love is that that links up to the next question around doing research when you're buying shares and ETFs. So if you know, recommendations from people, which might just be a promo, might be somebody getting paid to tweet certain things, isn't a great way to spot shares. What do you do in terms of a research point of view? What are you doing from that? What resources are you using? Okay, so with ETFs, it's very easy. Um, When I choose local and international shares, I look at low cost. So ETFs come with the cost called the total expense ratio. That cost is basically a cost of managing your ETFs. So the lower the price, the better. You don't want to be paying too much for management fees. So that's one criteria. The second criteria is that the ETFs that I choose must be diverse. By diverse, I mean they must include companies from as many sectors and industries as possible. So I don't go for ETFs that are exclusive. For example, ETFs that only focus on technology or ETFs that only focus on mining or ETFs that only focus on a particular industry because what you're doing is you're betting that that industry is going to do better than others and you unfortunately don't know the future. You don't know if mining is going to do better than banking in the future or if whatever it is. So a diverse ETF has everything. And if you buy everything, you do get the winners in there without making a mistake of excluding them by choosing exclusive ETFs, right? So ETFs are very simple. With shares, it's a little bit more involved, a little bit more complex than that. When I choose shares, I look for earnings, which are the profits of a business. So are the profits of the business increasing with time? I look at the level of debt. So a company that has got very, very high debt is very risky, just like you as an individual. If you're carrying lots of debt, you're considered high risk because you can default. Same thing with the company. They can stop paying if they come into hard times. So I look at companies with reasonable amounts of debt or no debt at all. Then I look at, because I love dividends, I think a lot of investors love dividends, I look at companies with high rates of dividend growth. So I don't look at high dividend payout. I look at high dividend growth because you want a company that's growing its payments over time because that means gradually your your, your dividend payments will, will also grow with time as well. And then I also look at a healthy balance sheet. So does this company have enough assets to cover their liabilities? And then I also look at cash flow. So those are called fundamentals of a business. That's what I look for. So I only buy quality businesses based on fundamentals, of course. Mm, I love that that balance in terms of the way that you look at companies and then, of course, the way that you look at ETFs um, as well. Apart from the bad recommendations that you've gotten in terms of shares, what would you say is the worst uh, piece of investment advice that you've ever received? Yo, the worst one was to not invest in the stock market at all. So some people really do believe that the stock market is all about gambling 
and they actively mm. discourage others. So I have received inboxes. You won't believe how brave people are to tell you what to do and what not to do online. But I have received a couple of inboxes saying, this is a terrible idea. I don't think anybody should invest in the stock market. I don't think you should be teaching anybody about the stock market because it's all gambling, it's all rigged, etc. But that couldn't be further from the truth um, because the stock market is one of the best performing asset classes to grow your wealth over time. And I think it's greatly misunderstood. And I think sometimes it's us investors to blame because we do act like gamblers sometimes. Although that's that's just a behavior of the investor. That's not that's not what the stock market is about. It's not about gambling. Although people can choose to gamble, but you don't have to gamble if you don't want to. You know what it also is? I think as investors, we're not honest about what the journey of investing is. So we will post all the green and all the profit, but we don't show all the red and all the mistakes that we do. So, you know, part of why I'm enjoying this conversation so much with you is you're not just painting the beauty of investing. You're also saying, I've paid my school fees. I've made all the mistakes and the crimes that everybody would make. And I think part of it is just the honesty. And I think you've gotten that right with your content. Um, that's that's very important to show your wins and your losses. I mean, if you're going to post your portfolio, please show us the green, but also show us <laughs> the red <laughs> as well. We don't. We, we will see everything. <laughs> yeah, we want to see your ups and your downs. Don't show us your ups only. So, does he talk about people showing us their ups and downs and investment portfolios? If you could have a sneak peek at somebody else's portfolio, who would it be and why? I would love to have a look at. Patrick Mackay's portfolio. He's actually on social media as well, but he's not very active these days. He has a personal finance blog called The Investor Challenge. And I think he has reached financial freedom, meaning he's got enough money in his investments to pay for his lifestyle. But the fascinating thing about Patrick is that he's young. So because we always think that financial freedom is for old people, you know, people in their 60s, people in their 70s, those are the people with a lot of money because they've been around for a long time, etc. But Patrick is quite young. I think he's in his late 30s or early 40s and he's reached financial freedom. So I would actually like to see what investments he has in that portfolio, you know, and maybe I can copy and paste it's such an inspiration in terms of the stuff that you've spoken about nosy what words of wisdom do you have for those who are new to investing they're scared to get started i mean even those who you know were deeming you and saying this is so rigged this is gambling i mean what words of of encouragement and wisdom do you have for them so i must admit when you're starting out investing 500 rand or a thousand rand or even more seems very very scary to a beginner so what I would say is start with ETFs, but start with small amounts that are comfortable to you, that are not scary because a lot of people are scared of losing money. So I say, okay, invest money that even if you lost it, it wouldn't make a difference to you. So if it's like 10 Rand, start with that. If it's 20 Rand, a hundred Rand, start with as little money that is as less scary to you as possible. This is for you to dip your toes in the water. So once you dip your toes in the water, then you get used to the temperature. You're like, hmm, I think I can do this. You know, after a while, the fear is going to go away. It's natural. After a while, you'll be like, oh, okay, my shares are still here. My ETFs haven't disappeared into thin air. Then once you gain that confidence, 
you can increase your amounts to 500 rand, 1,000, etc., or whatever it is that you can afford. And also, again, keep it simple. Avoid hype. Don't chase popularity. Don't chase what the talking heads are talking about at the moment. Choose a strategy and stick to your guns and you'll sleep better at night. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Nozi, where do we find you on social media, your pages, your, your books, all of that? Where do we find you on social media? So on social media, you're going to find me on Facebook, Talking Money with Nozi. YouTube, it's Talking Money with Nozi. And then on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Nozi underscore fun here that's where you'll find me and once you go on to those social medias that's where you'll find details to my website as well which is talkingmoneywithnozi.com ah nozi thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, in the kitchen and cooking up a great portfolio thank you this was so much fun i look forward i hope i get a second invite <laughs> definitely definitely thank you so much pleasure thank you for pressing play on the easy desert podcast a big shout out to you for hanging out with us don't forget to subscribe we are on spotify and apple podcasts let us know what you think of this episode on twitter and insta our handle is at easy equities